What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we're going to do another round of side A versus side B. So I'm choosing a bunch of my favorite records, and we got crew on here to pick them apart and uh, decide. Do they like side A? Do they like side B? Or do they just think uh, my taste is terrible? Who knows? (laughs) What's up, Muldoon? That's my cat. Um, Also, Nardcore Band, I Decline, just put out a new LP. So you can get that at bigcartel.com slash I Decline. And uh, that is I, the letter, and then decline. So check that out. Also, you can follow on Instagram, get the info there. I decline punks. And uh, yeah, they spell it the punk way, dude. P-U-N-X. What do you expect? They do it right. You know what's up. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. Also, if you have the time, please give it a like, rate it, review it. If you want to go the extra mile, please go to patreon.com slash 185 miles south uh we've been doing patreon episodes for almost every actually we have been for every single interview podcast so far so uh and those are some of my favorite podcasts people seem to like them and uh yeah we're pumping them out so we will see what's up thank you for the support and let's get on with the show Hundred eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we're doing round two of side A versus side B. So I chose a bunch of records that I enjoy, and I got a crew on here. We're going to decide what side is better. Side A or side B. Help me out. You know him. You love him. He's episode one. He's the legend, Joe Rivas. What's up, Joe? Good day, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> I think we're all doing all right. Uh, also helping out. He's the only author in the click. And uh, that's Ben Edge, a.k.a. Bedge. What's up, Ben? What's going on? Also, joining us for the first time. Now, maybe you find yourself down and out. And you're cruising through a riverbed. Maybe you're looking for someone to shoot up with. Maybe you just want to fight some bums. But maybe you come across a band that kicks a little bit of ass. Maybe they're called the River Bottom, the River Bottom Nightmare Band. And you might just meet Bobby Wilcox. What's up, Bobby? <laughs> What's up, Zach? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for joining. That was quite an intro. <laughs> yeah. I've never, you know, I never actually, I've never actually been to the River Bottom. If I'm being honest. Oh but man. Thank you. Poser. Don't, don't expect it to be good next time. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> one shot deal. Yeah, I, pre- I guess so. I, I prepped a whole 15 seconds on it. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get this started. And uh, we're going to jump in to a good one, I think, right away. Uh, we've talked about this band a lot, but it's mostly been the Nervous Breakdown 7 inch. But I want to know everyone's take on Black Flag My War. uh, My whole time in punk, like this has kind of been a conversation as well, because I think side A is a lot different from side B, definitely in the the length of the songs. Um, So I want to jump right in. Joe, what do you got on this side A or side B? Black Flag, My War. I'm going to have to go with side A personally. Um, Side B, uh, 
it just drags a little too much for me. I wasn't ready for it at the time. So, um, but you can't go wrong with my war and can't decide is probably maybe my favorite black flag song right now after a nervous breakdown. It's just cool. But yeah, side A for me. Yeah. That's interesting that you're going for side A, but then you're back in the five and a half minute banger on side A. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I wonder if they would have chucked that song on the other side if things would have gone different. Ben, what's your opinion? It might on- have. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, what's your opinion on this one? This is a real divisive one. Um, I think the song My War is an all time classic. Uh, can't can't decide and beat my head against the wall are really good too, and I totally understand what they're trying to do on side B, and I'm I'm with it. Like be like, let's be super slow and heavy and alienate all our old fans. I'm totally <laughs> I'm totally on board 100. More power to them, but it just isn't very good and it isn't very heavy, and I don't know if it's because Gin is on base or as Dale Nixon. Or or Bill Stevenson just isn't the right drummer to pull off that real slow, heavy sound, but it just doesn't work. And I, so I'm picking side A, but I also wonder if this is influential on all the slow and heavy hardcore that dominated the 90s, or if there's just no connection at all. And it's just a coincidence that Black Flag was playing slow and heavy in the hardcore scene, you know, way back in 83, 84. if anyone knows anyone in the band Throwdown, ask them if they were listening to this record. <laughs> I'm sure they weren't. The, um, it doesn't. It doesn't slide that way, right? Like, yeah, this is this is slower, heavier droning punk, but it's like it's based on like Sabbathy stuff more probably, right? So, if anything, it's influential to maybe stoner rock. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, maybe. I think that that's probably true. I think a lot of those stoner rock guys were really big Black Flag fans. Most of, oh. like the the guys in the desert. Definitely, <laughs> definitely you, SST. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. SST in general, you know, R- with, with yeah. signings like you know, Soundgarden and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, Worm, which is pre Black Flag actually, um, but. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't work. And like, it took me a long time to figure out like, am I supposed to like this? Because this is, you know, they were being different and groundbreaking and, and, you know, pushing the envelope. But it's like, if the music's not that good, then it doesn't really matter if they were being groundbreaking and pushing the envelope. But, you know, side A is solid. So I'm going with side A, no, no question. I mean, how groundbreaking is it like bands have played slow before you know like what's but they were the first in the in the in the straight up hardcore scene i can't think of anything before this that's like this maybe there's something obvious that i'm not just not thinking of but what was who was doing this in the hardcore scene before before these guys i just can't think of anyone i mean i don't think anybody you're right you're right and the riffery is like interesting I mean, if 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 nothing else, yeah. it, it sounds like nothing else, you know. Like I don't yeah. know what to compare this to, so I can't imagine what it would be like if, like, you put on side B of my war, and this was like your favorite shit of all time. It's like fuck. Try to track down something that sounds like this. 
Um, Bobby, but I think I think my war is my war. The song is is accomplishing the the heaviness, and of course, it's got the the mid tempo stuff, and it's actually a good song. So it's like if you want that heaviness, like you get that on side A, and you have the benefit of a song that's actually good. Well, anyway, that, I, that end of my rant. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I agree with. Is like side A is the natural and good progression. You're 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 like right. I'm along for this black flag ride, and here they are like expanding and doing like rad shit while still writing like songs that are palatable to my brain, you know. And I think they knock it out of the park on side A. Um, so I, I mean, spoiler alert. I'll just go before I send it off to you, Bobby. But I'm taking side A as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bobby, let's go to you. Side A, side B. All right. So I'll just start off. I pick B. I'm a side B guy. There's a reason for it. So I, Bez, you said it perfectly. Everything you said, I can't argue with. I mean, those are all, it's valid. Absolutely. Um, they accomplished the, 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 the heaviness with my war. I mean, they grew their hair out, came out with my war. It's a fucking perfect song. It represents the time. But there's something about side B. I think they were the first to like pull shit out of left field like this. Long ass hairs being fucking depressed and mean and angry and it's almost like unlistenable until you like really listen you hear melvin's in it you hear like like you said like i think stoner rock just heavily influenced a lot of like that kaios i think were probably huge my war fans or loose nut fans um and so there's something about like the fuck you of side b being a black flag record at the time that i i pick it on like uh just like the motivation alone, not the purpose alone. But that being said, I agree that my war as a song is doing the job and, and side A is probably a more listenable side of better songs, but I just I like what's behind side B. I like that though. If that like, makes sense. No, absolutely. And and I like when it's a naysayer saying positive shit. That's like a double win. You know? What's up? I'm a naysayer <laughs> of positivity. So I like that. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, and all right, so we got three to one on this one. And uh, let's go on to the second record. The second one I pulled Whoa. is uh, yeah, Joe, dude. Joe, you can't take both sides. Uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, Dr. Same. I was like, I mean, I, how? Like, <laughs> yeah. some, of, some of these are hard. Um, I actually think that the <laughs> other the other Nardcore one coming up is harder. Um, but yeah, this one is Dr. No, the Burn 7-inch, 1985 Mystic Records. And... Uh, Joe, let's just send it to you. What do you think? Yeah, burn. Come on. Well, there you go. You know, so we've gushed over this record, I I don't know how many times on on the pod. So I I won't go super into detail. Side B wins, hands down, because of burn. Well, watch it burn, technically, and Ice House. Um, But deprogram and these pressures, Rick's drumming is so freaking amazing in those songs um, that it almost pushes it over. You know, I mean, Kyle's guitar and his mouth bass and Kyle's voice, everything's great. It's solid. But Rick's drums are just so goddamn good. That skip stuff that he does is just like, it just, it excites me. I love it. Do you think that maybe uh, this is the best Kyle's voice is? Like, it's it's almost like if he's at a 10 on plug in Jesus, he's like at an eight here, and it actually like really works. I think. 
Yeah, he's not pushing as much. I, 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 I think that's what you're saying, right? Um, I just don't like the quality of the recording of his voice. Um, that that's my you know why I choose uh, the Silent Earth. His voice on the Silent Earth, I think, is the best out of everything. But that's just a better better recording. You know, they recorded it somewhere aside of Mystic. So, yeah, this. This does sound like a little thinner, of course, compared to this island Earth, but even compared to Plug in Jesus. I mean, it's probably it's because it's the first time they're stripped down to a three piece. Um, right, it's a three piece, yeah. Yeah, and then also, you know, probably taking a shorter amount of time at Mystic. Um, ben, what's your opinion on this? I think both songs on side A are pretty good. Um, on side B, Watch It Burn comes really close to having that mythical, mystical that beat that you you're trying to find the origin of but i think it might be missing the doo-doo part the doo-doo is a crucial part of doo doo that yeah doo that doo doo that it yeah. doesn't ha- might not have the doo-doo i i listened really the thing is if the bass drum isn't mic'd very loud it's really hard to figure out if they're go- doing the doo that doo doo that but i i think it 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 isn't but it's close um, watch it burn and stop the machine kind of drag. Uh, I'm not that, that big of a fan of ice house. I'm going to go with side a on this one. All right, Bobby, let's go to you. Uh, almost Joe side B all the way. Um, McGee program's great. Um, but watch it burn. It's, it's like the perfect Dr. No song. It just sums them up. It's a, it's, it's thunder. I love it. And I like ice house. I like that them mixing death rock with punk rock and like they do and to me this is this is my favorite doctor now and it's side b for sure yeah i think that uh for sure watch it burns the best song on here with ice house coming in second mm-hmm. so i'm side b for mm-hmm. sure um i think the program of these pressures on side a are both good songs but i do think that they're maybe kyle's weakest lyrical output like I I believe that. Yeah. yeah, Like deprogramming is like, like the three piece suit thing that gets repeated over and over. It's it's a little much. And then uh, these pressures, like kind of talking about like, you know what you wear and shit. It's like, I want Dr. No to be a little more abstract and uh, they knock it out of the park on watch it burn an ice house. That's like classic in the Dr. No box material. It's what I want. And watch it burns maybe their best song. I think. I think it, that's interesting, Ben. That that doesn't stand out to you, because like, yeah. If I was gonna play a single song for someone to play to tell them why I like Doctor No, Watch It Burn might be the one. Because like, there's songs on, right. there's songs on Plug In Jesus that I might like more, but like as a as a song that that kind of encompasses everything I like about them. This has got it all, and this is just sick. So. I don't know. I'm side. I mean, that's, that, that's, Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. That's what I have in my notes too. It's the Dr. No, we love is watch it burn. I mean, that's, it, that's them. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. And it's like, I don't know. They're leaning as much into the music as they are in the lyrics. It's like, it, it's hard to pull out. What's the most important part of that song. It's just, it's great. I'm side B all day. So, uh, this is three side B and, uh, Ben, you got side a, right? Friday, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's move on. And now this is a beast to attack. We're doing the DRI Dirty Rotten 
EP, seven inch and later LP. And uh, this is fucking wild. Choosing a side against a side. Ben, let's go to you first on this one. Well, first of all, the the A side only has nine songs, which I think is fucking weak. I mean, are you kidding me? Only nine <laughs> songs. Uh, <laughs> what were they thinking? Uh, side B has thirteen songs, so that's got a leg up on side A. Um, I want to know two things. So, if any listener has the answer to these two questions, please chime in somehow. Get a hold of. Uh, but what's the best way to, to, to hit you up, Zach? 185 miles south at gmail.com. But I don't like that you're assuming that Bobby or Joe doesn't have the answer, man. That's a okay. <laughs> Good point. If they Open don't have the answers to these two questions, please email Zach at that email address. Question number one, is this the first ever 22 song 7-inch? And question number two, is this the first 33 and a third RPM 7-inch? I used to always think those early Discord records, you know, like the eight song Teen Idol seven inch and the eight song Minor Threat seven inch. I always thought those were thirty three, and they're not. Those are forty fives. So I I don't know what came before this. That's a like like when Zach when we were coming up, that's like what you did if you're a hardcore band. You put out a thirty three RPM seven inch, but I don't know when where that actually comes from. Um, so. Um, the whole thing is just shy of 17 minutes long, which is pretty mind blowing, which is actually too long to be, to be on a seven inch. And I had always thought when they threw the, when they, when the dirty rotten LP came out, they added tracks to it, but it's the same exact track. It's a different track order, but it's the same songs. And to me, the standouts are, I don't need society balance of terror. Who am I money stinks and Reaganomics. And they're all songs that are on the B side. So it's easy for me that the answer is side B. But I want to tell a little story about the song, Who Am I? Uh, in 2010, I toured Australia as the bass player for Night Fight, and we were at a train station in Melbourne. And there was um, a gnarly middle-aged Australian woman that saw, like, I guess maybe it was John was wearing a DRI shirt, and she saw it, and she went, hey, Who Am I? DRI, Who Am I? DRI. <laughs> And she started singing that song, and we were just like, whoa. <laughs> that rules. So I'll, I'll always think of that woman when I hear that song, which is which make, gives Side B even that much more of an edge. Yeah, we used to talk about that song a fair amount on here back when Greg from Take Offense was helping out a lot, but uh, he hasn't been on the pod in a while, so the DRI jokes have gone to the wayside. Uh, but that's Ben <laughs> for Side B. And uh, Bobby, let's go yep. to you. Side A, Side B. Uh, B, all the way. I mean, it's. I mean, side A, it's it's all good. Sad to be is a sick song. I mean, side A is great. It's. it's I mean, I don't know. It's consistent. Uh, but side B, I don't need society. It's fucking. I think I think I don't need society and Reaganomics are the the two best songs. They book in side B, and then you have like, what was it, Commuter Man and Balance of Terror, kind of. They're, they're changing up the style a little bit. It's a little more interesting, and that's in the middle of side B. Um, yeah, side B all the way. Joe, what's your take on this one? Um, I say side A. Let me get to my notes really quick. I was looking up to answer one of Ben's questions. Um, <laughs> Capitalist Suck is my favorite song on there. However, Who Am I is on side B, and that is, a, as you mentioned, a uh, pod tradition. But uh, 
Capitalist Stuff. I just love that song, so I'm going to go with that. Side A. Um, it, it, it was the 33 RPM thing. I mean, Landon Noah Toilets is also 83, and that's a 33. Mm. Um, plus, plus, Doug Moody claims to have had the idea. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would have to go and look. I was trying to pull up. I did a whole Mystic discography at one point, and, uh, but on the spot, I can't pull it up. And I'm trying to think of what would be the 83 seven inches. Like maybe Jeff Dahl, he did his band that he called Power Trip, and that might have been 83 Lab Animal, and that might be a 33 as well. I don't know. We, we should uh, – how about the? I got I hate- this up right now. I'm looking at it, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I don't know if it'll tell you if it's 33 or not. But then the the Hey Taxi, I Hate Dogs, like the Pre Minutemen. I don't know. I mean, that's the first Mystic Punk seven inch. So, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. Um, Joe, what are your notes? 45. Do you have more notes on? Uh- no, no, no. That was it. That was it. All right, I'm going side that B. I love capitalist stuff. Yeah. Okay, I'm going side B as well. Um, I don't need a society and commuter man. I think are the best songs commuter man, especially uh, I just love it. it starts with like the slow, like the epic slow circle mosh, like tempo, da, 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 you know, and then it goes to the raging <laughs> mid tempo punk tempo. And then it fucking goes fast. It's like, okay, you hit the three best tempos in one song and like speeding up. Like it's like a, like a graph, you know, like an exponential graph of awesome. It's like you're just taking me there, woo! And I, I absolutely love it. And I think, I think, and that's the first time on the record where the tempo changes. Honestly, that's where it stands out to me with Commuter Man. Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, side B's more going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, plus like side A, like might need to be disqualified just because sad to be is over two minutes, and that's a that's a wild <laughs> that's a wild thing, huh? For how short so many of these songs are like they started off like, all right, we're going to put our most noble effort forward. And then we're just going to fucking melt your brain. You know, it's, <laughs> it's pretty totally. wild, but like a song, like, I don't know. Sad to be kind of suffers from the record, not sounding great. And it doesn't sound that great because Ben, you're right. Like, you know, going from 45 to 33, it frees you up more space, but you still only have X amount of side or X amount of time on the record before the quality deteriorates. And obviously like, yeah, I think it's, I think it's five minutes per side or six minutes per side. It's not, they, they go over. Yeah. 17 minutes for a, for a whole, for a, for a whole seven inch. It's, it's too, it's too long. Yeah. At 33, I think you get six minutes, six ish. Yeah. Right. And so the grooves are a little too close together and uh, whatever, but yeah, I'm going side B as well. So again, Every record we've done so far has had one dissenter, which is great. It means I'm picking okay. I don't want to pick uh, too lopsided. Zach, do, what do you think of this record versus dealing with it? I think dealing with it is a better record, and it also sounds better. So I might like listening to it more. But this one for this, uh, I haven't listened to this in forever. And... I listened to it twice, both times like in my car while driving. And this record is so fun. Like it's just literally a fun record. I'm not bored the whole way through. And also I think that 
you know, when you, you think about the ridiculousness of how many songs are on this record, you almost, your brain goes to that, okay, this is going to be a bunch of throwaway songs. But if you listen to all these songs, even though they don't sound super good, they're actually all like really good, pretty well thought out songs. Like, I don't think any of this stuff is trash. It's like they really put forward an effort to do something rad here. And it's why they're a legendary band. But yeah, dealing with it, I think is it's like kind of the same theory, but like maybe just a tad bit more well thought out and sounds just a tad bit better. And let's send that to everyone. Uh, Joe, what do you think about the comparison of the two? Uh, dealing with it, I, I love it way more than this. But, you know, this is the uh, the catalyst for what, because of what, there's two songs, three songs that are on both? At least two. Yeah. Uh, I Don't Need Society and Reaganomics. And yeah. then that's all I can think of. There might be another one. Yeah, maybe it is just two. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it. Uh, again, you know, they, they got maybe some a, a better budget to record, so that's why it just sounds cleaner and stuff. It's not taking anything away from those that, you know, the, the Dirty Rotten EP, but dealing with it just sounds better. Bobby, what do you think about that? Same. I, mean, I haven't listened to this in about 15, 20 years, maybe. Uh, if I want to listen, I put on dealing with it. That's just my, my go-to. But that said... Same as you. I listened to this probably, I mean, what, it's like not even 20 minutes. I listened to it two or three times, <laughs> loud as fuck. And I, yeah, I do. It's fun. It's great. Like, it made me realize, like, how, like, just fun and perfect of a punk rock band they are. And, and, and yeah, it's not all garbage. Like, every song is like a structured, thought out little punk rock song. They're great. But <laughs> dealing with it's what I would put on. Same. Damn. Uh, same. Yeah. I'm exactly the same way. Yeah. Those are the, these are the only two DRI records I like, and I only ever listen to dealing with it. Same. Yeah. Uh, but, but the song thrash zone is so ill, like a wild Indian from outer <laughs> space, drunk and high on weed. I mean, it's like the best line of all time. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> like a wild Indian from outer space, <laughs> drunk and high on weed. So good. Um, all right, DRI. I think you got the proper love. And uh, let's go on to another Nardcore record. And it's the False Confession, self-titled 7-inch. Again, we've talked about this record lots on the pod, but I want to dial into it. I think that this is probably the best, now, outside of the Burning Dog 7-inch, probably the best Nardcore 7-inch ever. Um, I, I just think that all six of these songs are really fucking good like all stand out and sonically for mystic this might be one of the best sounding seven inches especially like on on the first song like just how that hi-hat sounds when like they're doing the driving mid-tempo beat like that hi-hat tone is sick like it just sounds like almost like tribal like i want to just chop someone you know death is not the answer and it's like you just hear the hi-hat ah da 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 I don't know. I love it. It makes me want to rage every time I hear it. And uh, But yeah, I'll, I'll pass it off. Bobby, let's go to you first on this one. Uh, I'm just saying, this is my favorite Narcorse 7-inch. This and Burn are like right there tied. Uh, I like every song. I like just about every part of every song. But Our Savior is my favorite. I just like the progression from like starting off kind of dark and sludgy to just 
perfect fucking hardcore crash. Um, so side B because I like our savior the best, but the whole thing is perfect. I mean, it's, it's hard to pick a side. Yeah. This one's super, super hard. Joe, let's go to you. I'm going to go uh, side B as well. Our savior is my favorite song from them. Uh, you know, that, you know, that, just that funky guitar that, that, uh, that Fred is playing there is it's not funk, but you know what I'm saying? Um, is, is it just catches you. Um, and I lo- there's those chunky parts that come in it, you know, almost, uh, almost metal gallop kind of stuff that he's doing there. And it, it's just great. Um, that's not to take anything away from side A. And I like this version of Left to Burn better than the Dr. No version of it. So, yeah, side B. All right. And Ben, uh, what's your take on this? Wait, so Dr. No did the same song? Are you talking about Watch It Burn versus Left, Left to Burn? No, Left to Burn is is a different song entirely than Watch It Burn. But there's also a song that Dr. No does that's called Left to Burn. It's on uh, the Silent Earth. But the LP, totally, the LP totally after different. this. Okay, okay. Um, I thought Left to Burn's good. Feline is cool. It reminds me of death rock bands like 45 Grave and Christian Death. Uh, Scared has that ripping guitar solo intro. Uh, I don't have much to say about the B-side. None of it's bad, but nothing, it, none of it stands out either to me. So I'm going to go with side A. Bedge is lucky he's... Uh... 60 miles south of uh, of Joe, huh? That was wild. <laughs> but hey, fuck it. That's cool. That was a Good. wild brush off. All right. I'm surprised you don't love this, Ben, but that's cool. Um, okay, so I'm going side B as well. That riff that Joe refers to on the Our Savior is ill, and I almost wish they milked it more. Like, I almost right? wish, I wish they made like a minute-long intro out of it. Because it's so rad. It's just kind of a, 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 for that riff, it's almost like an unorthodox tempo for it that just hits so perfectly. Um, but for yeah. this band, Just As I Am is my favorite song. I love that they do like that bridge part that cuts out and goes into the left behind myself with you. And then the way it just comes in raging fast off that. It's so ill. You know, as a dude that's played in hardcore bands my whole life, you know, the formula is go to the breakdown. I'm really loving listening to these songs that kind of have like an anti breakdown, you know, like instead of going to like the slow part there, they go to a, like a bridge part that then rages, you know, that's rad. And I think on the first one, we listened to the, the unbroken song, um, fall on proverb that like kind of does the same thing, yeah. like an anti breakdown, like where you think it's right, going to go right, to right. a mosh part. It actually goes to like a scissor beat fast part. And that stuff's just like really tickling me right now in the right spot. Um, side A, fuck. It, it's hard to compare the two because they're both so good. Lies and Scared, I guess, would be... I love them all, but the, the first two songs on both sides are the bangers, I think. The way that Left to Burn comes in with, like, the death is not the answer, like, fuck. How do you play with that? Feline, it just shows that, like, there's such a depth to this band and they're pulling off, like, another style. I'm going side B just because if I had to choose, I got feline on the Nardcore comp. So, uh, yeah, I'm going side B. That's that. So, 
again how about three to one. Oh, What's up, Joe? I was just going to say, how about the 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 packaging? The the picture of the guys on the back is just so amazing. I just I, I just love that photo. Yeah, I like it too. All the dudes is like dressed in black. I like Harry's outfit probably the most with yeah. like the he's it's right, like like a. A t-shirt and then like a cutoff t-shirt under on top of that <laughs> but it's like it's like a cutoff on top of another cutoff it's yeah like, it's like i'm going to the gym Perfect. but i'm gonna sweat through one of my shirts so i'll just take one off and i'll still be wearing a muscle tee you know it's pretty ill and i think i think scotty's wearing a, a winos too oh word, word. So that just that just adds to it zach you need to do a an anti-breakdown spotify playlist <laughs> and I thought of the song. Tell me if this qualifies. Positive aspect of negative thinking by Bad Religion. Now it just breaks into the. It has, it's like that normal mid tempo Bad Religion song, and then it, halfway through it, it's just like daka 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 daka. Like what? Yeah, I'm so tired of all the fucked up lies. The yeah. the rare Jay Bentley song, dude. Oh, did he write that? Yeah, that's why it's such an outlier. It's like right. it's the Jay Bentley song, dude. And he was like, "I'm gonna write the piss song." So like, don't talk shit about bass players, fool. Um, but yeah, okay. So moving on, uh, Joe, we'll just give you the mic, and uh, you can go on for twenty, thirty minutes. We'll uh, pass this one off to you. <laughs> We're talking good riddance and the Gidget Seven Inch. And Joe, Ooh. let's go to you first. Actually, you know what? Let me let me take this time before we go on because, um, there is a playlist for every episode. People that are listening. So just go to 185milesouth.com. You can click that link at the top that says playlists, and then you can like listen along with us or whatever. So we're not just talking about some stuff like maybe you haven't heard the Gidget 7-inch. Um, I'm trying to pull up some stuff, I don't know, that like people kind of know and some that you might not know, but maybe the stuff you don't know is from a band that you do know. Who knows? But uh, yeah, Joe, good riddance, Gidget 7-inch. What we got? Yeah, so this is on Little Deputy. It was a uh, Texas label, which was really strange that a Santa Cruz band got on this little Texas label, but they did. Anyway, um, yeah, so Last Believer is my favorite Good Riddance song. Now, this is the genesis of that. The better version of it, of course, is on um, uh, Comprehensive Guide Modern Rebellion, which is the second full length on that. But, uh, I still love the song, and so I had to pick side A. Um, uh, though I do love the chorus, the way that the uh, the chorus breakdown thing happens in in uh, Patriarch. So, um, Rich Mack playing drums. I can't remember the bass player. It's not the. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's before Chuck, so um, it does matter. I just can't remember the guy's name. Sorry, uh, but it's not Chuck. So yeah, that's it. Good. I don't got a whole lot to say. I don't like the recording. Um, they could have done better, but they didn't have a whole lot of money. So, well, it was all worth it for you throwing uh, some heat at that bass player that doesn't matter. So, uh, <laughs> shout out to that. and and tell, tell me if I want, this is I, want correct, to, I, I want to say it's Tom Kennedy, but Tom didn't actually play on the on 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 the uh, on this. Seven inch on this recording. It's another guy, and I just I can't think of his name. Devin Quinn. Oh, there we go. It says Tom Kennedy is credited on this release, but Devin Quinn actually played bass. 
Yeah. According according to Discogs. Don't 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 uh don't no, add I'm, me, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm wrong about that one. <laughs> I'm ninety nine nine point percent chance for sure that, that that's that's correct. Well, Devin, if you're listening, I'm actually a fan. Um I really like yeah. oh, the bass bass is on, great. Yeah. And and <laughs> to me you do matter. So uh, don't don't let people tell you shit. <laughs> Uh, all right, Ben, let's go to you. Um, not so bad. It's funny. We were just talking about bad religion. Not so bad sounds so much like do what you want by bad religion that like, I'm, I was like, kind of like singing along to that, this song, like I'll believe in God when one and one are five, like when he's singing the, di- whatever words are the different words to the, to this song. But, um, I thought that, last believer is like kind of standard punk full of political cliches. Although now I want to go back and listen to the re recording of it. Cause I don't remember that having been re-recorded for the second album, but I, I I'll take your word for it, Joe, that it sounds a hundred times better than this recording. Um, just for today. Um, not a fan of that song. Patriarch uh, is straight up boring to me uh you know not every band comes out of the gates fully formed and awesome sounding like a lot of bands it takes a few releases before they hit their stride so um definitely the case for good riddance and i was going to say something about chuck as well that joe maybe can answer is that did did chuck contribute songwriting like significant songwriting to the to the band after he joined? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, he c- certainly added, at least on the second record, I don't know where they were in recording. No, because, because, because they did the seven inch, the decoy seven inch first on that. And that's like a couple months before forgotten country came out. So I, th- I think he might've had some input. Okay. Yeah. Brought, Cause he brought some of his, you know, uh, SoCal youth crew uh, flavor to to Good Riddance when he moved from from Long Beach to Santa Cruz, right? Because they get they drastically improve after he joins the band. So I was just wondering if there's a connection there. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with side A on this one. Okay, and yeah, I mean they drastically improve, but I think that they're really they're searching for their sound on this record. Um, and, and good riddance is a LP band, you know, when you have, when you're playing different, I don't know, tempos and you have a lot of melody and you have a lot to say, I think that you're, you're best served on an LP. And I think they're, they're changing it up a lot on this record and like searching for what they would become and just not quite nailing it yet, but it's still super rad. Bobby, let's go to you. Uh, okay, so I made notes. Some of these I'd never heard, so I'd never heard this seven ish before. I was never, I was never a good riddance guy. I don't know. I just I, I saw them a lot because they always seemed to play, and they were always fun to watch. But I never, I've never owned a good riddance record. Never got into them. So first listen, uh, not so bad. Was pretty bad. Last believer. Uh, I liked the mid tempo. The lyrics were good. Um, same. I'm interested in hearing like a later version of it because, you know, is this the first seven inch they put out? Is this like yeah. the first thing they did? Yeah. Well, yeah, they, this is from a. They had two demos. These are from a demo, right? They had two yeah, demos. Yeah. So these there. are from a demo. Right. 
Okay. Well, then that said, I mean, I'd like to hear like a later version of Last Believer. Uh, just for today, I, I couldn't even listen to the whole thing. It's just not for me. Uh, Patriarch, I liked a lot. I liked the like the bass and guitar playing off each other at the beginning. It's good. Um, I just thought it was like the most thought out, like had the most depth of any of the songs on there. So because of Patriarch, I would pick side B. And for Joe, I will move on to later in their catalog and check out more. I mean, I didn't like this, but I feel like I never gave that band a fair chance. And live, they were always fucking sick. Every show was fun, always. So, yeah, I'm gonna dig deeper. I'm I'm following Bobby on this. I think Patriarch is the standout song. Um, it, <laughs> someone's got. If you're not talking, you can go on mute. Um. Patriarch's a standout song. Last Believer is obviously one of the best good written songs. And I'm a little curious, Joe, do you know, like, isn't it strange that they write a song this good and they don't put it on the first LP? Like, they save it and it comes out on the second LP and it's like a standout track on the second LP the way they do it? That's kind of interesting, Yeah, I, huh? think, I think that they maybe just look down on it because of, you know, I, I don't know, like, they comparing the two versions of it, like Sean, Sean Sellers, the drummer on, on, on the second LP, uh, plays it so much different that there's just so much more energy in it where on the seven inch it's just, you know, it kind of, it, it drags, it drags a bit, you know, and maybe they were just afraid that that was what was going to happen. And then Sean pl- played it with them and like, they're holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. They took I, it. Up I don't a, know that for sure, but yeah, they took it up a few beats per minute for sure. And, uh, yeah, and the kick drum on the the re-recorded version is awesome. I I just it's it is interesting, and, and when I listen to this, I do feel like it drags. But I wonder if that's just because I'm hearing it second. Like I wonder if I wonder what yeah. it would be like to hear this first and then hear the the LP version. Who knows? But I do. I think Patriarch is the standout track on this this seven inch. Um, you know, I said I think that they're kind of searching for their sound on this record and the one time they really knock it out of the park is patriarch. That chorus is ill. It's like, they wrote a legit great song on here, I think. And that's the one. And you know, if they're not above re-recording songs, like, I don't know why they should have done this one later too. I think it could have been a hit, but uh, who knows? So I am side B on good riddance Gidget and let's move on. Uh, next one. I chose one of my favorite Cleveland bands of all time. The Pagans, and uh, they did a bunch of early seven inches. Maybe most notably their first one, the Six and Change. Um, my favorite is Street Where Nobody Lives, but I couldn't find the B side on Spotify, and I'm trying to have the playlist out there for the people so you guys can listen along. But uh, so the record I chose here is the Pagan Seven Inch. That's the Not Now No Way on one side, and I Juvenile on one side. And uh, Joe, what do you think about this? And that I Juvenile song just got me. I really, really, really liked it. And I can't tell you what exactly it was that that, that grabbed me. The, 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 the first song, the side A song, is, is great. But that I Juvenile, it just like, just, I, I don't know, like like the way that it, um, I'm going to cliche here, but the energy of, of that song is just so much more than, than what I got from the first song. That's all. So I chose side B. Yeah, this this band, I, I feel you when you're saying like, 
it it reminds me of something I can't put my finger on it. Like that's how I felt when I this band has done like a lot of comps. Um the one like from the eighties that the comp like you know, I don't mean a comp like they're on a bunch of comps. I mean there's been like compilations of all their early material of their stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. And there's the one in the eighties that came out. It's like a pink album. And I think it's just called the pagans. And then they did one not that many years ago uh, called shit street that has all this stuff on it and has one of the worst album covers of all time. Um, but both those are, you can find them and listen to all this shit. And the first time I heard it, which was not that long ago, maybe like five, eight years ago, just listening, like discovering an old band and being like, Oh my God, every song is a fucking banger. And I feel like I've like known these songs my whole life. Like, where did this come from? You know, like it's so rad to be able to discover something like that, like later in your punk journey. So I can totally relate to you on like hearing that juvenile song and like, like feeling something like, I feel like I know this song. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's because a bunch of our favorite bands knew these guys and were stoked on them and then that's why they sounded you know they incorporated what they were doing and brought it into their band and we know that band but not the origin of them you know how that works so you know yeah absolutely i i'm I'm guessing i I honestly don't know why it sounds so familiar but i love it i love that song thank you for putting this on there because i didn't know i wasn't familiar with it before so i know the band but not not the song yeah yeah i i absolutely love both songs bobby let's go to you what do you think uh, I fucking love the Pagans, man. I was stoked to see this. Uh, Riverbottom played um, What's a Shit Called Love. And um, like Stacy introduced me to them back then. And uh, I've just fucking loved them ever since. Um, Not Now, No Way is my second favorite Pagan song. So side A. But I Juvenile is fucking awesome. And I, I love hearing that someone connected to it that wasn't familiar. Because for me, the Pagans are like just criminally underrated. Like they're still fucking good and important. And uh, yeah, so check out what's this shit called love. If you're not familiar with the pagans, that's another great, great song. Yeah. Side A. Yeah. And why do you think they're so underrated? Do you think it's just, you know, when I'm talking about like, there's been the multiple compilations, like it's just, I think maybe it's been out of press so many times since then that people can't get it. Or maybe it's just overshadowed because like the dead boys are like cannon fodder and you just think dead boys. If you think Cleveland. I guess. I mean, I don't know. There's no reason because it's, I mean, it's really well put saying that they feel like familiar because they're just so like, there's so many hooks and so many pagan songs. You can go through some of those comps are like 25, 30 songs. There's a bunch of shit out there now that you can listen to basically everything that pagans ever recorded. And, uh, God, it's like 85% bangers. It's so good. And I have no idea why that's so underrated. How, how much touring there. did they get in? Probably not much. Yeah, so that's that's probably why then, right? I think probably. not make not making an album for a set no, that for a band too, in the seventies yeah. couldn't be couldn't have been a good move. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely. So, so they get they get lumped in with like maybe some of the killed by death bands more so than like a dead yeah. boys that put out like two records, right? Including yeah. like one yeah. super classic right. one. Um, ben, what do you think about this? Um. The Pagans are one, probably one of the first 20 punk bands I ever heard. Um, but it was the Dead End America Little Black Egg 7-inch. That was the single that I, my dad's friend gave me or that my dad already had. I forget which. Um, and for some reason, I never really got fanatical about them, even though I love that record. 
but everything I've ever heard by the Pagans has been at least good, if not great. Uh, I thought Not Now, No Way is a cool mid-tempo punk song with like a really cool sounding solo. Not just cool, you know, it's not just that the solo was well played, but the actual whatever pedal or effect he was using sounded really good too. And I Juvenile has more interesting drumming and cool backups. So I'm going to go with I Juvenile by a hair. Uh, it's almost a coin toss, but I have juvenile just by a hair. So I'm going to go side B. Yeah, this is hard. I think both songs are great and interesting in both different ways. I'm going to go not now, no way, just because it goes against convention of what I usually like in a punk song. Like this song drags out kind of a while at the end, like with that chorus just kind of going on for a while. Not now, no way is a rota is a rota. It's like, and I don't want it to end. You know, where usually I want a song to rap and it's like, I'll just listen to it again. You know, I'd rather listen to a song like five times in a row than hear like a band milk apart. But like this, I just don't want it to stop. I'm like, keep going. I'm rocking, you know, and I juvenile is a ripper too. Um, And again, it has something that I generally don't like, which is like kind of a weird voice in there that like takes you out of the song, like the, the old babies and the you babies or whatever. But on this, I think it really works well, and I love it. Um, but yeah, I'm going not now, no way to even out Ben's hair because um, I'm just going by a hair on that side. I think both of these songs are rippers, and I love this. I mean, I wish I could say I had the 7-inch, but uh, I love these two songs on multiple compilation LPs I have. Um, okay, the Pagans have been represented, and it won't be the last time on this pod because – this is another band that I want to just sing the praises from the mountaintops and uh, get everyone into. But let's go on. This LP was on one of our lists for the best of 2019, and Ben brought it up on a recent podcast, and I do want to incorporate some newer stuff into these. So this is a good one. This is the Restraining Order self-titled LP from 2019. And Ben, your request, so you take it over first. Um. This record rules. It might be the best hardcore album of that decade, whatever the hell that decade is called, the tens. Um, uh, not, which isn't saying much coming from me because I'm not a big fan of most of the stuff that came out in the last 10 years, but this record is great and it gets better with every listen. Um, they moved from sounding like a negative effects last rights mashup on their demo and their seven inch on new age to really coming into their own sound with this one. They keep those influences and then they add more. Like at times this record reminds me of the first step, which might be totally coincidental. And the guys in the band, if they're hearing this might be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? The first step? We're not a youth crew band, but I swear, like if you, there are parts of this album where if you imagine like the first step playing them, you're like, Oh yeah, totally. Um, and the first three songs, just like, just go straight one into the other into the next, like just all incredible. And it, and this is what I consider break furniture level hardcore where you listen to a record and you just want to break all the furniture in your house because you're so amped up like bands like dead stop and step forward. I'd say would be within the last like 15 years, other, other bands that I would consider like break furniture level hardcore. Um, especially the song broken voice box, which is the, third song on the album uh 
something for the youth is cool. It kind of reminds me of SSD. Um, and I wonder if Choke has heard this band because they kind of like do what he does, but better, which is like, that doesn't happen very often where someone is influenced, where one band is influenced by someone else and does it better than the original. Um, and I'm not talking about, I'm not saying this is better than Last Rites. I'm saying it's like better than whatever Choke is doing now. Like, like whatever the last, like, you know, 17 Slapshot records were, this is better than those. Um, I love the stops and starts in the, in the song Back and Forth, which is on the B side. The backwards part on the song Can I Please reminds me of The Faith, um, whatever song on The Faith, Void Split, where they, you hear the backwards. Um, hey, maybe it's in the black, I forget. Um, it's also refreshing to hear a newish hardcore band with so many songs that don't have breakdowns. Cause I feel like breakdowns are like, uh, like the hardcore bands crutch, you know, that they bands rely on breakdowns too much. And then you end up having a band that where like every song has a breakdown in it. So it's kind of cool to hear a band just play like, you know, a 40 second song that's just fast and good. And then it ends and then it goes to the next song. So I'm going with side A on the strength just of those first three songs on the album so side a for me yeah i think we should also mention like this album cover is one of the greats and to come up with something so simple and rad looking you know this late 2019 it's ill i i love this it's album dis- cover it's disengage yeah it is but it's on lp so uh it's cooler because it's bigger dude <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh yeah, Bobby, let's go to you. Or Bobby might be on mute. Joe, let's go to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I liked this. Um, I wasn't thoroughly impressed. I've heard a lot of this before, but Side A had the best songs overall, although the last song on Side B is probably my favorite out of all of them, but Side A just wins out because it had more consistency with the song um you know it's this has been done a lot so it's not bad but it doesn't it doesn't grab me it took me a while it i'll be honest like the first couple times i heard it i'm like i get what they're doing it's not new it's good nothing really stands out and then i listen to it you know 20 more times and I decided it, it is really good after all. So I, okay, I don't know I'll, why. I don't know what accounts for that. I'll, I'll give it more because you say so, Ben. I seriously, I'll, I'll, I'll give it its due. Um, it, the recording is fantastic. And the, 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 the drummer and the bass player are fucking tits. Uh, but yeah, it just, this just, it just missed me, I guess. Um, and that might be because I listened to it all, you know, while I'm driving and I can't, uh, I wasn't really able to, you know, sit down and, and, and rip it apart or, or, or build it up. Um, and I might've been a little stressed <laughs> on my drive too. So maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. So I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot again, but I do, I do like the songs. I'm not, I'm not slagging them. I just, yeah. I think if you want to know if it's break furniture tier or not, you gotta be like within six feet of a piece of furniture. So I don't know if, if driving works the best with this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can sympathize a bit with, you know, you saying like, this isn't anything new or whatever, but I think that we also have to, to think about that. Like 
they are attacking a style that's been done before and doing it better than most, you know, after it's been done so many times. And I do think this is a standout, um, partially because they got a perfect recording for it, partially because every single person in this band is like pulling their weight. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, like a lot of times when you have like Ben talking about like, you know, bands that aren't leaning into breakdowns, like maybe you would consider them like more fast hardcore bands. Like it can be kind of like sloppy sometimes, or maybe, you know, the bass player is a standout or maybe the drummer is just like good enough to get by. And I think that like these dudes are all standing out at their instruments, including the singing um, and just doing a great job. And uh, I'm leaning. Joe, did you choose? You chose side A, correct? Yeah, side A. Okay. I think this this album comes out the gate with like bangers, but kind of what Joe was saying, like, and what Ben was saying for the original, like it not grabbing him. I think the first like handful of songs are really good, and I listen to them, and I'm like, okay, here's a band doing something really well in a style that is like really hard to make sound fresh. But I think where this band totally shines is the B side. I think there's just a little bit more YOLO uh, YOLO mentality. And I think something for the youth is like ill as fuck. Like that's a thing that this band does that a lot of like bands leaning to fast hardcore don't do quite so well is this band can knock the mid tempo bangers out of the park and like not make them sound like, Oh, okay. They're doing like the, obligatory like mid-tempo song you know it's like no they're actually doing a fucking rager you know and and there's one on the first side that's like great but something for the youth is just like next level for a mid-tempo banger hardcore song i absolutely love it and then i think the back-to-back of that into back and forth like back and forth how it starts fast and then has like the guitar break and then comes in it's just like everything i want in non-heavy hardcore music. I absolutely love it. I love this whole record, every single thing about it, but I'm saying side B. Um, and Bobby, you are off mute. So let's yeah, go to I, I was on mute. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I, so I'd never heard this before. I remember hearing Ben suggest it and I just forgot. So thanks for putting it on here. It was fucking flawless. I just, I've heard it all before, but that doesn't, make it any less i don't know fun to listen to it was i would have to pick side b i guess because i could hear it kind of like developing as it went on um i don't know i I like it all i'll keep listening to this record for a very long time i like it a lot but uh, i guess i'd pick side b if i had to choose all right going on a little more interesting yeah super rad and i think this one split two and two um ben how hard do you ride for side A? Can we get you over to the dark side for a three to one? Um, I, I'm I'm sticking I'm sticking with side A. It's just those first three songs in a row. It's like the perfect way to start an album. It's just one song into the next and the next, just beating you down. I just realized. I mean, I'm you know searching around Discogs. Their drummer produced, engineered, and mixed this record, so they have they have their own producer um, in the band, which is like perfect. It's like, you've you got it all. <laughs> yeah. What a hero. It sounds great. This record sounded so good. It sounds so good. And that rules because it means that they're not going to have to 
like if they do another record, they're not going to lose their sound. If like the drummer is the one that came up with like what they sonically wanted to sound like for this LP. Unless they kick them out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hang on to that guy. <laughs> um, Hang on to him. But that, that would be a bad idea. He also did uh, uh, most of the mind force stuff. <laughs> Those are some serious MVPs. Mind force is the shit. All right, let's go on. The next record I got is a, uh, now this is old, old Nardcore. The first, um, as Tony Cortez has said, on the uh, Nardcore 30 Years Later comp. And I'm doing The Rotters. And they put out two 7-inches, but this one I like more. Uh, Sit on Sit on My Face Stevie Nicks is good. But this one is Sink the Whales and by Japanese Goods and B-Side Disco Queen. And uh, Bobby, let's go to you. What do you think about this one? Uh, I'm not a fan of the Rodders. Uh, I mean, I appreciate the legacy, but uh, I did not like either one of these. But I would choose Sink the Whales because it's uh, it was hilarious. I laughed. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll never I'll never just you know blast the Rodders and go for a drive. It's just, that's just me. But I pick A. It's funny. Oh, okay, Joe, how do you feel about this? Uh, can I choose side C? <laughs> Oh. Okay. I'll, I like Disco Queen better than Sink the Whales. You guys are oh, out of your yeah. fucking mind. Sink the Whales is yeah. such a good song, dude. The way the way they make you wait for the chorus and then it finally comes and it's like such a good chorus. Come on. I laughed. It's the only song on this whole playlist that I laughed out loud at. Like, so I'll give it that. It was hilarious. Yeah, they, it's like and it's actually a good chorus. Listeners, back me up. Listen to this song and tell me it's fucking good. Um, ben, Ben, let's go to you. I remember learning that there were only three countries that still practice whaling and how we should boycott all products from them. And they are Norway. And I thought, no problem. I'm never going to buy anything from Norway. Iceland, no problem. I'm not buying anything from Iceland. And then the third one was Japan. And it was like, uh, literally everything electronic is made in Japan. That might be a little tough. Um, and then, you know, this, it makes me wonder, like, obviously they're making a joke, but maybe this actually does bring awareness to like, Hey, the Japanese still practice whaling. Um, but I, I don't know if this ever converted anyone into trying to attempting to, uh, boycott Japanese products. I, I think that like the fact that they lean in hard on those fake English accents doesn't make them better than they would have been if they just sang in American accents. Like, I think I'd like them a little more if they just sang in their regular, where are they from? Like Thousand Oaks or something? Camarillo. Camarillo, Camarillo accents, <laughs> whatever Camarillo accent sounds like. Um, Disco Queen is a little more rocking, even though it doesn't have as memorable as of a title as Sink the Whales by Japanese Goods. Or sit on my face, Stevie Nicks. I'm going with side B, and I'm doing it for the whales. Yeah, you know, that is interesting. And I think those are still the three countries that whale, right, Ben? Because I know Iceland does still, for sure. And I always thought it was interesting because, you know, in the pre-COVID times, I think maybe the Iceland government was, like, subsidizing tourism there. Because did you guys notice, like, everyone was going to Iceland? Like, oh, I want to go to yes. Iceland. Like, everyone was going. And I heard like when you get there, like everything was like super fucking expensive. So they're like, 
airfare, 500 bucks, and you get there, and it's like, seven bucks for a Coke. You know, it's like, ah, they got me on the back end, you know? But also, like, I did think it was really funny because a lot of woke people were wanting to go to Iceland or going to Iceland. It's like, these fools are fucking whaling still. Or maybe people don't care about that, but who knows, man. Okay, I looked it up. I I looked it up, and Norway is off the list, so there's only two countries left, Japan and Iceland. All right. That that practice whaling, yeah. Shout out Dark Throne. We can uh, still listen to your records. So I'm going side A, obviously. I think this is a great 70s punk song. It's tongue-in-cheek in the way that we love a lot of California hardcore being, and this chorus is so big and so good. Absolutely love it. And with the, the accents, I mean, 70s punk is a lot of it's just fucking weird. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's for me to understand what they're going for, you know? And it is what it is. But I think that song rips, so I'm going side A. Moving on, let's go to, we got two left. And we're not punishing people with three hours of youth crew this time around. We might get out of here in, a, in an hour and 20. People are stoked. Um, the, the next one I chose is the Dills. And they have two really notable 7-inches. But the one I went with is uh, the I Hate the Rich 7-inch. And Ben, let's go to you. Uh so this is their first seven inch. The first two seven inches both came out in 1977. And I had to call my friend, David Jones today, who's writing a book about the first five punk bands in the LA scene, which includes the Dills, even though they're not technically from LA. Um, and I said, is this the first or the second? And he goes, I hate the rich is the first one. I said, okay. I also w- used to work at Aaron's records with Chris Ashford, who put out this record. He was the guy behind what records. Um, so here's a fun fact, and you can look this up on Discogs. The first press of this record makes it look like the band is called the Oils because the D looks like an O. And then they, he did another press like before the year was up, and it, and it looks more. It looks like a D. So if you have the record that looks like it, the band is called the Oils. That that that's worth something. That's worth a lot, I guess. Um, ben, just to jump in you know, in- before I forget, um, the oils, like that's kind of a sick band name because oils is like not proper plural, dude. So it's like extra punk. <laughs> well, if you have olive oil, oil and you have canola oil and you have safflower oil, you have three kinds, you have three different oils. So it is correct. Fuck. Well, I'm stupid as fuck. <laughs> Fucking strand eye. <laughs> it's like it's like fishes. It's like fishes. Fishes is correct if you're talking about different species of fish. Fishes. Fuck. Um, I should have not transferred from Oxnard High to Silver Surfer High. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, Sorry, Ben. My, my my instinct is to pick. I hate the rich because of its urgency and direct message. But there's more going on musically with "You're Not Blank," which I didn't realize until. Um, doing this for the show is that it's actually called you're not blank. So baby we're through. I never realized that before. Um, I, I'm still going to go with, I hate the rich, but only by a hair. Um, I think that song along with class war, which is from the seven inch after this, they kind of, those two songs define the band, you know, I hate the rich. So let's have a class war. You know, it's kind of like, that's what they'll be remembered for those two songs. So side A, I, I hate the rich. That's what I'm going for. Going with. 
And I think we're honing in on another 185 trend. If if one is Daniel getting away with picking two songs, the other one might be Bedge by a hair. Um, oh, by a hair. Yeah, just by a little hair. Not not really choosing it, but kind of choosing it. Bobby, let's go to you. Uh, I hate the rich. Uh, it's side A. I mean, it's, that song's rad. It's the way it drives. It's the, the lyrics are urgent. The music's urgent. I mean, that was well said. Exactly. Um, You're Not Blank's great. I love the guitar. I fucking hate the drums in that song for some reason. It drives me crazy. Still, rad song. It's, it's what do they call it? The Clash of California. You can totally hear it. Um, yeah, side A all the way, though. But they're both great. Yeah, the drumming is a little strange on You're Not Blank, but only when it goes to like the mid-tempo. That first part is yeah. is wild. But then it is, it is weird because it's like, man, they're hitting on this this weird tempo and there's like a depth to the verses like of melody. And it's like almost like a strange, beautiful melody. And then it does like take you right out of it when they go to like that really like simple straight beat. If that beat was exactly like, like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I like, I like what they're almost doing just for me. It doesn't quite like get there, but I mean, I, this is their first seven inch. I didn't know that. It's fucking impressive. And what they're trying to do and what even what they accomplished on it is is cool. I'd like to hear it in like a couple of years, you know? Like record it again. Yeah, super rad. Joe, let's go to you. It's good, but Oh, Bobby, you finish first and then we'll go to Joe. No, that was it. No, no, they're both great. I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit like you can't shit on either one of these songs, but I would I would pick side A. It grabs me more. Yeah, and I think that that's that's a good thing to pick out that that I I agree with is it's a very rudimentary drum beat that they go into on like the chorus um, that can like pull you out of it a little bit. But I I guess on the other side would be it is like an abrasive thing to pull you out of an unorthodox part to like maybe ground the song. But uh, I don't know, Joe. Let's go to you. I went with. Uh... Yeah, side A as well. I hate the rich. I really liked that song. The other song is great. Uh, I I hear what you guys are saying about the weird drums and stuff like that. I just chalk it up as punk rock kids that don't know how to play on their first record. So, um, and I don't judge that kind of thing. Uh, out out the gate later on, they better know how to play. But uh, I really like the uh, the sentiment of what I hate the rich is about. So that's that's why I went with that. Uh, that's side side A. I'm you're not blank all day. That the verses and that tempo are just something like that can't be touched. It's so ill. Sounds like nothing else, and I love it. And later, also covered by Dillinger Four on one of their seven inches. So kind of cool. Oh. Yeah. How about that? D Four always always coming with the right shit. Okay. Yeah. Final one for the night. And this is like a random comp that I've had forever because I love three of these bands. And it's interesting, like a seven-inch comp with just four songs. I'm going Chicago versus Amsterdam on Hopeless Records. And so it is the Bull Weevils and 88 Fingers Louie on one side and Funeral Oration and NRA on one side. And Joe, let's go to you first. Well, so uh, I'm pulling up the side. It's side A. 
uh, the 88 Bull Weevil. Side Chicago. Um, yeah, Side Chicago. Um, the Bull Weevil song is good. The 88 song is fantastic. And maybe just because I'm such a homer for that band, but I really love it. The the uh, the other two songs are the funeral oration song is okay, but the other song is just eh. So I got to go Chicago side. Um, I do like the recording, uh, you know, sound quality throughout all all of them. Um, in listening to it in the playlist, that came out really nice because the, none of the songs are like way louder than the other song or anything like that. So whoever actually mastered this did a, did a superb job. So yeah, 96 this was. So yeah, it's cool. And Ben, Ben can pull up who mastered it. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, let's shoot it to you. Uh, yeah, same. I've had this forever and I hadn't thought about it since probably 1996 <laughs> or 97, <Yeah. laughs> honestly, but like it was fun to listen to. Like it was really nice revisiting it. Like it brought back a lot of like 96 feelings, you know? Uh, I love that Bull Weevil song. I think that's my favorite one on there. I don't know why. It's just like easy to listen to. Um, there's nothing spectacular about it, but for some reason, just the, Maybe it's a time and place thing. Maybe it's just stuck in my uh, subconscious. But like, I just I like that song. Uh, Eighty Eight Fingers, Louie. I always, I don't know. I was always kind of a mark for that band, and I have no idea why. Because I don't like a lot of bands like that. But I always liked Eighty Eight Fingers, Louie. So side A all the way. Um, side B, I didn't like uh, Funeral Oration, and um, the NRA song. Actually, I kind of I'm surprised you don't like it, Joe. It kind of has like early like jawbreaker vibes to me like i kind of like it it's one of it might be like my favorite song on there next to the bull weevils one but uh overall i mean side a i think wins but i like that that fuel song i think it's good joe do you pick up those vibes at all that's it yeah i mean it it it, it's got it there i just it's just really flat sounding like there's no there's no um like dynamic in the music I agree. So, yeah, do you know sure. what I'm saying? It's like super compressed. And so like, there's no, there's no highs or lows. It's just, this is it. Everything totally. is at the same level. There's nothing, there's nothing. So it just, so it just sounds really plain and boring. It's probably a great song, but I'm, I'm listening to it with, with those ears. And I, I just don't hear that. So. Oh, it's Amsterdam. Yeah. Right? I think high, I, man. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta get, get in the zone to have those, uh, those dynamics pop. I mean, that Bull Weevil song, I mean, it's a great song, but there's no dynamics there either. It's just like... Well, the whole thing is super... Cr- I mean, it's the 90s. So every, every, everything is everything is overcrushed as far right. as, you know, uh, uh, compression goes. But, um, you know, the Day of Fingers Louis song has, has like a, a different change and a breakdown. Well, not a breakdown, yeah. but people have say like, like, like there's, there's some... There's dynamics. There's some dynamic to the music, at least. Sure. Um, so... It doesn't say who uh, mastered it. It just it talks about like the actual the technical mastering, which is like making the metal plates, which is a Greg Lee yeah. processing. So uh, shout out. Unfortunately, they went out of business in the year two thousand out of uh, Gardena, California. But uh, Ben, what's your take mm-hmm. on this? The lacquer was cut at Golden Mastering. So isn't isn't John Golden? Wouldn't that be John Golden who mastered this? Yes. Okay. 
But but, <laughs> but well, but Joe. <laughs> I think so. No, that makes sense, right? Yeah, but Joe's mm. talking about like the the level that like nothing jumps out like the the levels of the whole record like they seamlessly sound good, you know, like track B right. isn't like I don't know. There's not a huge fall off one way or the other. But anyway, Ben, let's well, that, go to you. That would be golden. That that would be golden that would handle that though, right? I mean, yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm looking at it now in Nerd Ventura. So, <laughs> and you know, John Golden did almost everything I ever recorded with any every band I I did. Anytime I had any say in it, it, it went to John Golden. Um, I mean, John Golden said just about every good record we like, or like eighty percent of them. And you'd be surprised. John Golden is he's done everybody, like everything. Yeah, and it's in and and they're in Ventura, um, right up but, right up Main Street, yeah. But surprisingly, I never was there during any of those mastering sessions because it was always like during the work week. I'm not gonna like what? How am I gonna play hooky? I guess I could have or I should have. Anyway, um, this is the bull weevils. I'm hearing major do that do do that action. Like this is like textbook do that do do that drum drum beat. Um, Sometimes I listen to songs like this and I wonder if they could be saved by having a standard 70s punk beat underneath them. Like if you just removed the do-dat-do-do-dat and you had like a Buzz Cox kind of a beat going on. Like how much really separates melodic like Generation X, Buzz Cox type bands from 90s pop punk bands aside from the drumming? It's kind of like an existentialist question. Um, because even though like Generation X is, you know, 40 going on 45 years old, it sounds less dated than stuff that came was made 25 years ago for whatever reason, to me at least. 88 Fingers Louie, I've always thought this band is almost good, but they're just a little bit too that too fat wreck sounding for me to enjoy them. Uh, funeral, and so we're going to Amsterdam now. Funeral Oration, I had no idea this band started in 1982, and it makes me want to listen to their really early material because it's before that whole pop punk sound existed so there's like no way they could have sounded like that in 1982 so have you has have any of you guys listened to like early 80s funeral oration no that's really interesting that exists i had no idea so i'll check that out too yeah they don't sound like this at all right couldn't yeah yeah i mean first record is came out like 83 or something but it's got uh i mean they have a a bit of a oh shit what's the band uh never mind sorry go on Ben, they do the demos are eighty two. The LP communion is like the standout LP of the early days, and it's, uh-huh. it's eighty four. And you might really like it. It's like fast hardcore, but there is like some melody in there. It's really rad. I love it. Yeah, I gotta listen to that. Um, this song is pretty good. And again, I'm distracted by that dated nineties pop punk drumming. Um, if you, it could almost be indie pop music if you got rid of the drummer and you had someone play the same. If you had someone play slower, like the melody almost reminds me of like all these UK uh, 80s indie pop bands like Sea Urchins or whatever. Um, NRA is actually good the way it is. Like I wouldn't fire the drummer. Like it sounds fine to me. It's like melodic punk. It's melodic punk music without sounding like the soundtrack to a fucking snowboard video. So, so, and I've never heard NRA before. I didn't know anything about them before doing this. So I'm going side B Amsterdam over Chicago. I think it's interesting what you're talking about with 
you know, if you swapped out like that Bullywell's drumming for something like, would it sound like the, the more popular late seventies English punk? And I don't know. It's interesting because although like the drum beat speeds up, the other thing, the, the strange thing about it is the chord progressions slow down. So the chord progressions are slowing down. The drums are speeding up and it's also what makes the drums sound so fast. I think, right. Because they're not doing like a riff over the top of it. It's always like, so it's like, that's what makes it so stand out and weird and dated. Right. But that's what I like in this boy evil song is other than like Lori Myers and, you know, like no effects, like the, the prime shit, like linoleum, this is like right where it's at for do that. And that's why I chose this and I fucking love it. And I had to be on mute the whole time Ben was talking about it to not like butt in on him. You know, this is, <laughs> this, this is perfect. This is perfect. Do that. And I love it. And, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's a love song too, which like would make me not want to like it, but it's sick. I absolutely love this song. I also love 80 Fearless Louie, although I think the song is kind of whatevs. I love Funeral Ration. I think the song is okay. Um, ben, my favorite Funeral Ration stuff, though, is from this era. And I'm like one of like 17 people probably that like them. And I don't like the fact that the first time I brought them on the show, I set them up to fail. But what can you do? I think the NRA song sucks. Um, it's just, I don't know. It is what it is. I don't know anything about them. So I guess I don't feel that bad. But uh, yeah, it just sounds poppy and whatever. It's like just nothing grabs me. And I think listening to this record, I just want to get in those 96 feels, man. You know, I want to feel something. And the NRA stuff I just didn't connect with. And it has no nostalgia to me. So whatever. Um, I'm going side A on the strength of the Bull Weevil song. Just that song fucking rips. Do that, do that, do that, do that all fucking day. What's up? <laughs> it's it on the do that, do that Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's, I think. I think what we need to do is we got to choose what, what's the fourth do that, do that on the Mount Rushmore because it's this Bull Weevil song. Lori Myers. Lori Myers and Linoleum. So we got the, we got the three. Yeah. I don't know what the fourth is. So uh, we'll we'll have to figure that out one day, and then have someone Photoshop it for us. But uh, did you ever figure out who was? Did you ever figure out who was first? Nah, like we got to get Smelly on. Smelly it, will right? tell us. I mean, my theory my theory is that Bomber does it some, but interchangingly. That's what I think. Never like yeah. never through a not, false song. not throughout. Right, and then I think that because No Effects was so influenced by RKL, it's Smelly yeah. like picking out a part mm-hmm. of Bomber's drumming. And running with it, like oh, I'm going to take the best part of this and make it my own. Um, that's my theory, and I could be totally wrong. But my guess is so. Smelly has to pick number four. Smelly has to tell us who the fourth song is. Then that's true. He should, not Rushmore. even though he's playing on two of the four, he's got to tell us who the fourth is. I, I agree. He might be you playing know? on three. He, he might be on three of the four. We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> you know who could be on the this is a weird one maybe we've talked about this but lucas on the carry on lp a lifeless plague does do the do that do that beat throughout the whole thing and it and it's youth it's you know straight edge hardcore but it totally works it doesn't it doesn't sound like he's playing the wrong beat even though technically i guess he told me he didn't know how to play that 
Chris Bratton beat or the the Nat beat that Nat's doing on the earlier Carry On records. Interdasting, but probably mm-hmm. not, but probably not making Rushmore. But respect, yeah. respect for attacking it in an unconventional style for it, right? That's right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, this was fun, dudes. What do you think? How how did you enjoy the ep- the exercise, Bobby? It was fun, man. This was great. I really liked uh, you know some records I'd never heard before. It was interesting. I mean, that restraining order record is like a that was a nice little gift that I'm going to keep for a while. <laughs> But no, it was nice hanging out. Thanks for having me. Super fun. Yeah, I'm glad that Ben chose that one because I think that that record can't get enough shine. I mean, not that we needed to to do any more for it. Like that record stands alone and has gotten many accolades. But I love to like brush on it a bit, and and I love that Ben chose that as like a standout record of of the past handful of years. Ben, how do you feel about this uh, group of songs and albums? This is cool. A lot of this stuff is stuff I own, but I just don't really listen to. So it was cool to revisit the the DRI record or the Pagans single. And then there's a bunch of stuff in here that like, I'd never heard that good written seven inch before. Not that I'm a fan of it, but it's like, here's a band I've been, you know, I bought the first album when it came out in when I was like 17 years old. And like, I just had never heard the, seven inch that preceded it um so yeah it was cool uh tell me uh listeners or tell zach you listeners out there if you think this would work for record against record within a band's catalog in other words you take like the dills first and second seven inch against each other or you know agnostic front you know two agnostic front albums which one is better that kind of thing i think that would be neat to do too but you know that's for someone else to decide no i agree but it's it's a it's hopefully a long journey in front of us for this podcast so we can never run out of ideas but that would be good as well i want to do a few more of these and then the super seven stuff i want to break out and do a bunch of different ideas so it's with the way my brain works it it works nicely if i schedule things you know, and, and I never know how much homework people are going to have to do to do these pods. So doing a bunch of LPs versus LPs could be a shit ton of homework if someone, like, hasn't heard 10 LPs, you know? It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I got to listen to so much music to, like, be able to do this, you know? That's but, true. Uh, you know, where this stuff is, like... I, well, I we get lead time. Yeah, you get lead time, but that's still a lot of records if, like, you got two weeks. You know, this and this stuff is fun because it's like a playlist that people can like it's a palatable playlist to like listen to. And, and people can yeah. listen to 30 seconds of each song. If they want, they can listen to it as much or as little as they want. Um, so yeah, I think that is a good idea, Ben. We'll do it at some point, but uh, maybe, maybe in mid 2021, if, uh, if I don't quit, cause if retaliate doesn't sell through the first press, I'm quitting the podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, Joe, what do you, what do you, you have fun? I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, you, me, and Ben have been doing this for, for a bit, but it's good to have Bobby on here and hear his voice because he's an old friend. So it's, it's nice to, nice, nice to ha- hang out with him a little bit. Nice to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I had fun. So thank you guys for helping out. And uh, everyone, we'll see you on Monday.